to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. And I am Chris Heine. And I have one question for you guys. Okay. How is it possible to be both a badass and a grandma? Any answers at the same time? Um, Mm. I don't know. I think by their very nature, all grandmas are probably pretty bad A. That is the best answer. So, Jenny, you, you should have been quicker. Up? Yeah. <laughs> so, the only answer. The where my question comes from is actually spurred by our upcoming show Patches and Stitches. And so, in just a few days, we have the opening reception of Patches and Stitches which kind of side by side showcases the badass, awesome, gritty, grungy, almost punk rock-esque side which is the patches side stitches is all about like the tiny details all of the the cross stitch needlepoint tapestry sewing and all of the things that have to do with stitches so both of these sides of course uh put side by side kind of have a lot of similar elements but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason we sort of separate them in our minds you know so when somebody says that they cross stitch and when somebody says that they're making screen printed patches for like the back of their leather jacket or something like that, you definitely think of two different types of people. But as we have found out, not necessarily, not necessarily, you could be. Yes, we found that out. We found out that, of course, you can do either or. So we have some badass people that are doing the stitches side and some grandmas or not metaphorical grandmas. <laughs> That are doing the the patches side. And so it's actually pretty awesome to have a textile show like this that's up right now. Um, As you guys know, we've talked about in the last podcast and a couple ones previously, Tegan White is coming this Friday to talk about her practice from 7 to 8 p.m. She's got a a really awesome lecture that she's going to give on just everything that she does. And so if you guys have ever seen Tegan's work, she's got two different sides, just like our show. One of them, she does her children's books, and the other one, she does more um, naturalistic artwork for uh, advertising or um, posters or things like that. So she's got these two varied things that she does, but somehow brings them both together. So her talk will be a little bit about how she has one brand that combines two completely different things, and also you'll be able to see how that works with patches and stitches and all and both sides of textiles at the same time. So when I was writing the press release and when I was talking about patches and stitches, when I say those words, patches, yeah, I think of patches as like a dog. A or, clown? Yeah, or a clown or like big, a hobo. big patches you put on your <laughs> pants or something like that in oh. your little overalls or something. And then stitches is like when you when have you a horrible patch wound. On? Nope. It's like when you have a wound and have to go get stitches. So even though ah. they, when I think about the materials, then I think the way you mentioned it but when i think about the words themselves i think about it the opposite way yeah such is life chris what's that i had to write patches and stitches like 1000 times you know so that leads me to to this question which is kind of similar to my grandma question except for not really so do you think people eventually turn into the thing that they originally despised <laughs> Not to say that a badass can't be a grandma or vice versa. This is this is a little bit off the path from that question. But I was thinking about it and I was thinking about back in the day when I used to wear all my patches all day every day and I had my black hoodie with a bunch of studs on it and I smelled like an armpit, you know? And, and I'm looking at what I'm wearing like today. Armpit. Today I'm wearing a gray shirt that says cats are people too. <laughs> <laughs> And I think to myself, wait a second, how did this happen? Except for I feel like it was a slow progression. Don't you think? I think that does happen. I think that happens to people. I, I think you slowly people. move into a direction you never thought you would. And that I think is exactly exactly what has happened to me today. So is that not true? Well, I, Look think at you you. Might, I think you might turn into something, but I don't think you're going to turn into your enemy. No, you may not turn into your enemy. I feel like that's a phrase that people say. What is it that you live long enough to see yourself turn into the bad guy or something like that? I don't like that phrase. Let's pretend that that goes over there in the corner. But you, Chris, used to have a black mohawk and a black giant beard. Mm-hmm. A black beard? He yep. dyed his beard well, black. I can't even picture you with a beard. And a trench coat, which... Tells you what era he grew up in. 
the cool era. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then uh, a KMFDM shirt. I had like 10 KMFDM shirts. I know. And didn't didn't somebody invite you to, to go see a, a KMFDM? And Esh was playing in Minneapolis like on Tuesday. And you didn't go? I don't go to concerts. I, I gave up concerts a long time see ago. See what I'm saying? You just turned into a grandma. I hated like... concerts <laughs> since the beginning. The only concerts I liked was Ninja Turtles, Coming Out of Rochelle's Tour, and Guar. And those were the two concerts I enjoyed going to out of totally all the ones related. I went to. I just felt like I should because it's what people did until I realized that going to concerts is really lame. I went to every single concert I possibly could. Did you like them? Yeah, I actually really liked them. And there was just one point, I think like a couple years after college, where I just didn't want to stand up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why don't they just have nice chairs? Well, there's like, a lot of concerts you I'm go to. I'm tired. I need to sit down. Also, you know, the other thing was that people were always making out in front of me. And I'm like one foot tall. So I was always constantly staring directly at them and not at anything at else. At their crotch. Yeah. Just constantly staring like in the wrong places and you just can't do anything about it because when you're real short, you're like either touching somebody's sweaty back, which is mm-hmm. always going to happen. Yes. Or you're getting elbowed in the face, which is another thing that you can only tolerate when you're a teenager, you know? Yes. Like I feel like if today somebody elbowed me in the face, I would probably um, say something under my breath because I probably wouldn't get into a fight in real life, but I'd be like, oh, that sucked. And I'd be like, that person also sucks. Thanks a lot. And then I would wander off and then complain to somebody else. That's how I deal with that today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's no chairs for me in concerts, except for the big ones. And you can't tell what's going on anyway. I fell asleep during Guns N' Roses uh, until like the big giant fire bang happened. <laughs> and then I was like, time to go to bed and snuggle my cats. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. But I, I feel like I feel like you do eventually turn into something that you never... Ever well, thought. it would be pretty embarrassing if you did not ever fall asleep, change if oh, you were yeah. the exact same person you were when you were 16 years yeah. old or something. Well, all the things you just or described. Or when you were one year old. Yeah. I mean, all the oh, things yeah, you awkward. just described in becoming an old person, like needing a place to sit down. I feel like <laughs> all those things are just practical. Like comfortable. Now you're, you're becoming more and more comfortable. Yeah. You don't wear those giant boots with springs in them anymore because they're not very practical. You know what I should put in the podcast notes is a picture of me in college and then everybody can see what this is like. Because it's really... And that's why my knees hurt and that's why I need to sit down these days. So it's stupid boots that i had sensible enough shoe yeah i need a sensible shoe with an insole in it (laughs) (laughs) see now the grandma things like wearing insoles are just it's just what you need to do well yeah no i mean i feel like they got it right i feel like all the grandmas have it right you know it's just like you bake all the things all day maybe and then you like get eccentric and awesome and then you wear whatever you want and then you don't apologize for anything you say yeah actually it's this is funny that we're having this conversation because this is exactly what we ask everyone in bryce canyon what kind of grandma they were going to turn into actually i think we should challenge all of our listeners to figure out what kind of grandma they're going to turn into this is your your grand grand so much so so persona yeah (laughs) grandma persona grandsona and so if if when you were an ancient person what type of ancient person would you be and i told them that i would wear a giant black tarp and have huge triangular hair that swept (laughs) to the ground and then i would be surrounded by my team of cats and i would have a yard with a bunch of random sculptures in it so and then, roughly the exact same as yeah, that. exactly the same. It's basically like next week. That's <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the rest of your hair turns white, you're yeah. There. I feel like when we were on that travel trip, I told Jenny that every step I took up that that like super steep like precipice hill, that like nonstop hill, that I'd be like, no, <laughs> that's one of my gray hairs shooting up. No. No, I I did that for two miles (laughs) and now I've got these two like super streaks on the side of my head so I'm right there so I'll do that you're so close I know I'm really close but you know what I mean so that's the kind of grandma that I would be I bought the biggest crystal ball on the internet and I think I posted a picture on Instagram for anybody that was listening to me talk about that the week before that was my like treat myself present so I'm well on my way I have a puzzle sitting on my on my coffee table right now that I have to do also. So how about you, Chris? What, what, what kind of old person would you like to be? 
Um, I would like to just not give an F. And isn't that like normal? Yeah. Well, I know this is what I'm saying. We're all just you want to continue to not give an F. Well, we'll give less and less of an F. You just shrug all day. You don't even say words. Yeah. You're just gonna wear your depends and. I won't even answer your questions anymore, and I will just. He doesn't anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Aww, he's like, I said something. A, I'm like, no, you. It's didn't. gonna be crazy, Cat Lindsay. <laughs> Cat Lindsay. Cat Lindsay. Yeah. Cat Lindsay <laughs> and Silent Chris. It's just like yeah, normal. It'll be like a Aww. Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> what we are already. Um, yeah. And I will just do what I want to do and wear what I want to wear, say what I want to say, live how I want to live. And then we are the Adams Family. It's like the Adams Family. <laughs> we rap. are. Are you the... You would Uncle be Fester? The, yeah, I'd be Uncle Fester. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Fester. <laughs> I hope so. Mm. Yeah. So what about you? Oh gosh, I I am not sure when this transition is going to happen. But see, I, that's the thing. When you say all these things that you're going to be, you're going to be them already. You won't even I know that will. you're saying it. I feel like I'm going to be wearing like tribal patterned high pants with a giant matching kimono. I'm going to be really eccentric and big wooden beaded necklaces and you're probably be a some Kuma glasses. From yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I, I'll probably have. Some glasses by then, and my hair is going to be even bigger. It's just going to continue to get big. See, I, just, I have a feeling that that's what I'm going to become. I like when uh, older ladies have giant hair because most of their hair shrinks to a small orb. No, mine's going to get big and I'll have a pencil stuck in it probably. That's probably a fine thing to be stuck yeah. in. It. I already have like cat hair stuck in my hair, so I can't tell where one stops and one starts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is actually, yeah, yours isn't really what you are today. So you probably have a couple years. Yeah, I do. It, it'll slowly happen. Right now, I'm wearing all athletic clothes. So yeah, that's the opposite. Happened. Yeah, you're not wearing a kimono yet. Although, you no. could get one off eBay. If you spend as much time on eBay as I do, I you'd probably I find them. I still don't understand eBay. Okay, well, I'll, I'll have to there. teach you someday. I'll yeah. be like, think of all the treasures that you could find. <laughs> I found uh, 25 pounds of bath salts for like five bucks yesterday. Not bath salts of drugs, but bath, bath salts, the real bath salts. And you got them? No, but I thought Epsom about salts? it. Is that what that yeah. is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What is it? Magnesium sulfate? I have no idea. I, I don't even know what facts. that stuff does. I don't know why you... It replenishes it your... Your things. <laughs> <laughs> you can put essential oils in it and then take a bath in it. Let me read you some facts from the internet, except for I won't. You can go look it up on your own time, Chris. It's good for you. It's good for you. So, anyway... But for real, though, I think if I would have thought a long time ago, if I was still going to be wearing all my punk rock clothes, I probably would have thought I would have kept doing it forever and ever. I think I have days when I go back into the zone, in and out, in and out of the zone, a little bit more eyeliner, a little bit less eyeliner. You know what I'm saying? Just Mm -hmm. waffling around between the limbo of Grannyville and whatever else that other thing I was a long time ago. But you know what I mean? It's hard yeah. to see that. Well, it's funny because, I mean, you don't have to choose. Like, you could you could still you could wear all your patches and cross-stitch at the same time. You, like, you can. You don't have to choose between those things. But they're not normally associated together because one is, like, patience and craft. They and both are, still. aren't they? Yeah, kind of, I suppose. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you think about that, though, and you really don't think about where you transition there between these two different things. I feel like there's, like, a very specific connotation between, like, both sides of it. Like, when you hear one, except for when Chris gets the words mixed up, like, when you hear when you hear cross-stitch, like, the first thing you think of is something totally different. And by totally different, I mean totally different than, than like, a screen-printed band patch or something like that you know what i mean you just like have this very specific concept of who made it and what it's like it's funny because a lot of the things as you guys will see on friday actually mix and match the content yeah i was gonna say i think part of what is happening and i would say there are a lot of people who kind of cross into that craft world who might not traditionally have been in that craft world and i think Part of that is just kind of juxtaposing the imagery with the the materials. And there's a lot of, you know. There's um, some dark stitches in yeah, there. Yeah, there's some 
some dark themed stitches and there's some very silly fun patches yeah a lot of them actually did you expect that when we did the call for art i kind of did just because i I would expect an artist to have a non-traditional take on something for the most part either they're going to embrace it fully and kind of make something that's very much an homage to what came before it, or they're going to subvert the expectations. I feel like those are like the two options. What would you have done? You mean, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I'm on the stitches side of things and this was my first time cross stitching. So I spent a large chunk of the time actually trying to learn how to do it properly and then I realized that I don't have to, I don't have to make a, I'm not going to say a masterpiece, but I don't have to make something that you would look like you purchased. Um, so I've been approaching it more as a tool for drawing than anything else. That's funny because that is almost what I would have expected. I but think that's, I guess that is probably like the third camp and there's definitely people who kind of were like, in that camp. Like I'm making a drawing out of whatever tool I've got. That's what I would have expected for the most yeah, part. Yeah, but I think even in that case, the content is probably going to affect what you're going to make a drawing of. Well, yeah. Well, right. I mean, if people right. did. I mean, I think that was really interesting. There are some that are incredibly textured or, or textural, and it's interesting to see the choices people made. So, like, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fill it in with the same mark making throughout, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess maybe that just shows you how often I do that kind of a thing but there are people that really chose very specific knots and very specific like you know kinds of textures to recreate things that have like a like a like a different kind of like different mark making yeah different mark making for different parts of the drawing you know so it's Mm -hmm. it's still it's all needlework but it is totally different textures on it and so it looks like the things or it looks more closely related to the textures of what it was supposed to resemble, which I think is really clever for the way that people found these like interesting techniques in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I also think it's interesting because I would have expected the majority of patches to be straight up screen printed patches on black canvas. The way that we talked about the show, we, we had a very, if you guys have seen the poster for it or have seen like the little promo piece, it's uh, two words split straight down the center and one is white on black, kind of like, you know, I don't know. One color screen print on black. Yeah. 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 And then the other one is cross stitch and needlepoint looking on the other side, multicolored. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I was like, oh, of course, it's just going to show up like that. And of course, of course, it never does. You know, with any of our shows, people are really clever about how they do it, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I guess it did really surprise me about the expectations of what you think something is and think it's going to turn out to be. Just like my grandma question, what do you think it's going to turn out to be a million years in the future? And how might you just see it evolve into what it actually is? And with your process, I'm sure you're just seeing how it goes as you as you make it. Right. You know? Yeah. So how often do you think that you try mediums that are off your like your norm like that? That's one question I think. I was going to ask you guys, and I also think I have a couple opinions, but I feel like there's a certain camp of people, I'm going to mention one in particular that's really good at doing this, that the challenge isn't necessarily that they, like, like the medium of, the medium that they choose is never too big of a challenge for them to, to attempt it. Mm-hmm. So Meg Hunt um, has participated in a bunch of our shows before. She's a great friend and a wonderfully talented and creative person. She's one of those people that the medium does not stop her from making something really fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. And she's got a piece in this show that we saw come through. And it's a combination of things. It's a, actually a multimedia piece using um, both paint and fabric fabric mm-hmm. and stitches, yeah. you know. And it's incredible. And it's funny because you can see her hand in all of these different marks because she's able to experiment in a lot of different ways. For the Iceland residency exhibition, she had a, a needle felted puffin that mm-hmm. she had done. And it completely translates to the to her sensibilities, even though it's in a completely different kind of medium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there are people like that that can just be like, I understand how my vision can be created in whatever you throw at me. You know, if I have to do a lino cut, it's going to look like I did it, you know? Right. 
or something like that. I mean, and then there's other people that I think are like, I don't do that. You know, it's funny. I, I always think of this phrase when I'm making something in a different medium, like you cannot separate the way something was made from what it does. Like you, (laughs) you can't do something with screen printing and don't expect it to be viewed as a screen print like of course that makes sense but also like what screen print signifies and everything else so if you made something using individual tiny stitches it's going to look like you spent a million years on it and you can't separate the process from what it does in the end and so no matter what sort of process you're working with or what sort of mediums you're working with like just keeping in mind what effect you are going for is what happens so like for for Meg, for example, she works in a lot of textures and a lot of layers, like playing with different shapes and colors. And so it totally makes sense. And it's actually amazing to see her work translate to something dimensional because her textures have such dimension and we typically see her work flat. It's great to see it with like a depth to it. Everything, everything in the entire show across the board feels more finished and tactile and like complete because you see the artist's hand in it. I think there's something that I'm appreciating about this show too that I have been craving something textural for a long time. Um, Being primarily a digital artist these days, I miss like, like traditional media. I miss feeling (laughs) i miss that sounds so sad i miss feeling like the like the mediums you know like Mm -hmm. it's not something i get to feel even just like if i'm using a wacom tablet or something it's the same feeling over and over i'm using a different brush i feel the same exact thing it's not it's not something that is really a different experience you know you know exactly what it's going to do. You can anticipate the marks, but it feels identical. And so when we're pulling some of these out of the packages as they're coming here at the gallery, you pull it out and there's something so satisfying about seeing like an actual screen print, you know, and it, and that sounds so dumb because we see a lot of really amazing artwork all the time, but there's something just really like you're almost exploring it in a different kind of a way. You're not just looking at the imagery, you're actually looking at the technique Mm-hmm. a little bit closer mm-hmm. because it's a little more unfamiliar, you know, it's just something a little bit different. So what I think is also interesting is that we've chosen, we've chosen a couple different ways that people could, we just kind of listed a, a couple ways that people could create artwork for patches and stitches. And one thing that I think is interesting, and I'm really happy that we're doing this is that I have a huge appreciation for any kind of hand done anything as I'm sure most people do but it's funny where people throw the art of needlework into the craft zone sometimes and I know this is a conversation that people have all the time art versus craft you know and what and why would that possibly be in a different zone than anything else you know like Mm -hmm. it it is interesting because as you were writing the press release, or as, as both of you guys were writing the press release, I'm sure you had to consider your words in a lot of ways. I don't know if kind of like when I was talking about the difference between you say, oh, yeah, that person is um, that person's a punk rocker. And you say that and you're like, oh, I think I know what that's supposed to mean. Or you say, oh, needlepoint. And you're like, oh, I think I know what that's supposed to mean. You know, you have this like thing that you think mm-hmm. you have. But then did you think about that when you're writing it? Do you think about how people were going to perceive like like the art of like needlepoint or cross stitch or um, I th- you know what I mean? I mean, I wasn't worried about it if that's what you're asking. I yeah. Think that, did you even think about it or was it just something that like... I mean, I think the show in general thinks about it. I think that's kind of like where, you know, the genesis of the show kind of comes from. Yeah. Did you bit. have to address it as a, like when you're choosing your words to talk about it to somebody who, who doesn't know anything about the show where you like... I mean, I think people know carefully. that they're like very traditional non-gallery type things. So I think presenting it in the form of a gallery, saying here's an exhibition at a gallery about this, it automatically presents it in a different context where people understand that this is going to be some sort of different interpretation. And I think the, 
I think there's definitely artful forms of it. Yeah. But I also think that a lot of needlepoint or things like that are more based on patterns, things that you kind of buy and you're filling in and things like that. So it's less artistic voice in that way. You I know? see what you're saying. So you're talking specifically about somebody who wants to create something, but they they are using an, a pre-existing form to fill in the blanks like paint by number paint by number and i mean even but i mean even just like you know making a quilt or something like that like it takes a lot of craft it takes a lot of craft and you're choosing your materials and things like that but at but you're kind of unless if you're like a avant-garde quilt maker who's using really abstract you know never before seen patterns for putting together the quilt or something like that it is kind of following an established pattern of how you're going to assemble these things. Mm-hmm. So so that's a question for you. Do you have an opinion on whether or not that falls into a certain zone there? Like, for example, like anybody who quilts is probably going to tell you right off the bat, like, I chose all these colors. This is like a traditional thing. This is like a traditional pattern that I am using that's existed for a billion years from my heritage or something like that. Mm-hmm. I Why would, say, would that not be? I mean, I would say what the intention is. If the intention is to do something unexpected and 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 somehow manipulate the form in a new direction, then I would say they're doing something artful. If the if it's just like I want to make a nice looking quilt, I'm going to pick the colors that I like and then follow this pattern, then that would be more of a craft, I guess. It's kind of it, it to me relates a little bit to like decorating your house or something. You are picking the colors, you're picking the materials, you're putting all these things together. And there's probably definitely people who can make a house in an, as an art form, but for the most part, it's more of a... Formula? It, yeah, or well, I, it's, I don't know. It's like it's pre-made something. something. It's like yeah. picking from things that have been made for that thing already, you know? Um, like if you were to think of the house example again, like there are curtains already made and you're picking between the like five choices of curtains versus like making your own or making a piece of furniture that you want custom for the corner of your house or whatever. So I think there's a difference in those things. I was just imagining my mom while we were talking about this because she does cross stitching and she usually makes people stockings and things like that. But she doesn't do it. I mean, it takes her forever and forever and ever. But it's always just like a labor of love thing. Like she doesn't think of it as an art form. She is proud of the quality at the end. But it's not a creative thing. It's more like knitting or something like that. When you're like, I'm knitting a scarf. I'm making like 600 rows of the same thing. It's just a process that you're into. And that's really hard, I think, to separate for me a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think it, I think it's very hard to make everything from scratch in some of those cases. Like a quilt. Like, you have to find your fabric somewhere. So you have to choose from the materials you have. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I mean, unless you're going to print your own from Spoonflower, which you totally could. There's like so many levels, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So many mm-hmm. levels. And I think it is very difficult to figure out, like, what that is, which is why I asked you about how you wrote it, because I think most people think of it as like you go to the quilting store, you pick a bunch of fabric out, you go find your pattern, you put it together. And right. And, have to and, have good and the way I it. described yeah. it was here yeah. are traditional materials, mm-hmm. traditional techniques being used to create things that are not traditional. So it's not if you come into this show, don't expect to see the same things you'd hold up. See, like in the Joanne Fabrics aisle where it's like. Here's the flower you could make with this pattern, or here is the home sweet home thing you could make with this cross stitch pattern, or whatever. So, um, the things on display in that aisle are products, and they are kind of meant to be reproduced by people who enjoy the act of crafting and and creating these things. But they're not looking to, you know, say anything incredibly new with it. Where these people are, or these pieces are intended to explore this explore what what's possible within this realm I guess. okay that makes sense that makes sense i also don't i mean i also don't really care about the art versus craft debate it's not like i'm like i'm just saying like 
yeah. from a, my logical robot brain, here is the differentiate <laughs> of what I think between these two things. But yeah. I also, if I went into a gallery or a setting that was an artistic thing and somebody said, here's my scarf I made and all it was was a scarf, I'm not going to be like, get this out of my face. What are you doing? You know, like, yeah, I'm like, that's cool. You made You'd this. Be like, that's a nice scarf. Yeah, I can't make a scarf. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And so I don't know. That's I just I just wanted to ask that question. I was thinking about it because I think about some of the patterns that I make, like actual repeating patterns, not quilting patterns, not patterns, patterns. And as we were talking about it, I was thinking like my artwork, if I were to translate it into stitching, might actually look like a Joanne Fabrics thing. And then I thought to myself, I make all all sorts of things for Joanne Fabrics. And I was like, oh, man, that's like my brain is exploding. Thinking right, but about, those are like, different levels of art again. I think that yeah. d- but I was thinking design about that. or design could fall in the same category as craft, where design is meant to be a product. It's meant to be something that is just not necessarily pure artistic expression. It's just created for a reason yeah i was just thinking about that because i was like i wonder if anybody walking in would think like if they saw if they saw a needlepoint thing that i made if they'd be like that's a joanne fabrics pattern because of all the reasons why it probably Probably would look like one i I think when you create something for joanne fabrics you put on your joanne fabrics hat yeah i do i actually have a real hat and (laughs) a good example of your hat that i yeah. of your patterns is if you look at what we've created for giant fabric or any of the pattern places we've made patterns for and yeah. then you look at daily pattern and 101 florals there's definitely a difference okay okay i see what you're saying okay so i mean so, we went pretty out there as far as 101 or at 101 florals and daily pattern daily as far pattern as topics, we made a weird scab things. pattern it was a bunch of scabs <laughs> really gross <laughs> who did that i did i don't remember it was, i made a zitty skin texture one yeah it was like a never-ending skin field with like some zits on it, it was really gross but you could use it on the back of your tumbler if you want to so yeah i'll even let you make a jacket out of it yeah you could make a whole jacket out of it think about the possibilities but i you know i was thinking about that and i was like man it's so funny that you never it tights think- out of it oh that's so gross it's like, it was like it was like five day old too. beard with like a bunch of like ingrown hairs. That's gross. <laughs> I'm going to make leggings out of it on print all over me and then I'm going to wear them all day every day with no shorts on top of them. <laughs> um, people are like, where's this hair coming from? <laughs> Be like my natural skin. So, so luxurious. But, you know, that's all. I just was curious about that because I was like, man, there's like no separation between making stuff for Joanne Fabrics and then and then being, you know, like using the same materials to do the same things. And I was like, I'm having like a weird like. I think there is a giant weird moment. Though. I think if you had the production capabilities of Joanne Fabrics, but you were able to do whatever you want, you would come out with a very different product. I probably would. Right. Well, I mean, that's the, you could say that for anything. If you have acrylic paints and you're like, I did a paint by number or I did this like, I don't know, expressive or something. What does it say about the fact that I was going to buy yeah. a bunch of paint by numbers off of eBay the other day? You're going to? I yeah, mean, I totally was. I mean, I think you have an appreciation for that kind of niche of illustration and craft that, I mean, I don't think you were doing it because you're like, this is the new-ish. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's so weird when you find yourself in the weird zone. That's because you're a grandma. I know. Well, that's <laughs> cool. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel, I feel, I feel strange about my interests here now because now I'm analyzing them to like a ridiculous point. You know, my interest, although my appearance has changed and the clothing I wear, but my interests have remained very similar. Oh, have they? I mean, I still consider video games, board games, other types of games, like what I want to do with my free time. Yes. I still like music in all the same ways. I might not like the exact same music, but it is an important thing that I have to always kind of have with me. Yeah. Um. So I think, you know, your style and everything changes, but I think there's certain things that probably will remain constant. And as far as long as I can see and I can use my hands, I'll probably play video games until I'm 100,000. 100,000, 100, good. 100 and 100,000. <laughs> That's a lot of that. Yes. That's 
That's probably just fine. Well, I guess so. I don't know. I feel like... And you'll probably have cats. Because, I mean, you're wearing that cat now, and you say you wouldn't wear that when you were a punk, that cat shirt. No, I probably did. I probably would. But you you would have, and you liked cats just as much as then. It's just you your expression of it. Maybe back then you would have, like, some weird vinyl cat backpack that you would wear or whatever. <laughs> some... Shh, don't talk about my vinyl cat backpack. God. You know, I, oh, okay, I'm not even going to talk about the other stuff that I used to wear. That's so sad. Okay, but yeah, no, I probably would. It is weird, though. You know, you think about it and you're like, have I changed? Have I not changed? Would I change? Is this me? Who am I? What's happening? And then you're like, oh, God, I'm having I a crisis. I think it's interesting and strange if you see somebody who hasn't changed. It is, and though. like, hmm. You wonder sometimes whether or not you can't see it. I was thinking the other day and I, I was like, I was like, I haven't had a different haircut for uh, ever. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, God, am I one of those people that's had like a haircut that is the same haircut stuck in a weird era? And I was like, is I don't it? Think you is have it? A, I don't think you have a haircut that has anything to do with I have an a nondescript. Era. I think no. you just have Yeah, I was going to say it's undistinguishable. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you have hair there. But <laughs> it's not a shape. It's well, not- we can't see what shape it is because it's in a ball. I don't yeah. even think it matters. I have a different haircut like every five. I think months, when you have short hair, your hair is shaped more. And it's I. It's not a style choice for me. It's just like how can I get this out of my life? I should just. I mean, I used to just shave my head all the time, and I just leave it shaved because I don't even want to have to make the decision. Yeah. Which is what we talked about a few months ago or weeks ago on the podcast, where Haircuts? having a uniform and not even having to make oh, that yeah, decision. Oh yeah, not to think about it. Yeah. Well, the same would be with haircuts. And I mean, that's kind of not exactly why the army gives haircuts, but it's part of the reason. So somebody doesn't grab your head. (laughs) Is that the reason? I don't think that's the reason. (laughs) I don't think it is either. Grab your head and smash it on a table. Grab you by the hair. Because all wars usually take place right around a table. (laughs) Yeah. You get smushed in there. Yeah. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what happens then if your hair gets stuck in an era and then you just don't change it because you're like, this is the hair. It's fine. Usually it... I mean, do you notice? Do you it notice depends on how annoying the air is. Yeah, I What if so. you have that fluffy fluff bangs like, in the flow? Like Heathers? Who? Isn't that a movie, Heathers? Oh, I, I don't know. know. Oh. I thought you were referencing a specific person. I was like, oh, Chris, you probably shouldn't call people out. That like super fluff where it's teased fluffy, all yeah. the way up to the top part. Well, I keep I keep trying to imagine your, your grandma hair. Is it tapered off? Is it like crimped and then tapered off at the end where it just rattles off into nothing? Well, rattles I off. have a, I, okay, <laughs> from the like several million gray hairs like, that I already have. It's like the last two feet are just dead nothing. Well, okay, so here's what you have to kind of do, right? This is my theory on this. I feel like gray hair texture is different than non-gray hair texture. Yes. So... I feel like your concept of your hair getting bigger is just a fact of life. Yes. Even if it gets thinner, it will get bigger, s- more circular. Yes. Because it will be like a crinkle. Frizzy. Yes. Yeah. So if that continues to happen and I don't lose mass of hair, or is it volume? My volume will be large and your my mass will be the same. Yes. Then it will have to grow upwards <laughs> because there's no room to grow downwards anymore unless it's really heavy. And in that case, it'll be a big oh. triangle like that hair thing. Yeah. I just keep imagining the people who wear like denim denim jumpers and have baby scrunchies at the end and their hair is really long. What? <laughs> I should I should figure out how to show you guys a picture of this. But I just... Denim oh. jumpers with a baby scrunchie? Who has a scrunchie anymore? <laughs> Uh, the old people that have really, really, really long hair. You know, if it's in like a silver braid. That's the kind I don't like. Why? That's so nice. I want like a giant whip braid so I can whip whip my head around. (laughs) I'll be like, small child over there. And then (laughs) I'll be like, hair, get that cat. And I'll be like, oh, that's my like extendo arm. Mm, I've just embarrassed myself. I will... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right i'll continue but i i feel like a, a long nice silver braid is nice a long straight hair is nice if you can keep it out of the dirt if your hair is that long 
if it's not like coated in filth at the bottom, I feel like you're doing okay. Probably shouldn't go past your butt. Yeah, no, probably shouldn't. I feel oh. like it could get a little scraggly or a yeah. little... I thought you said earlier it's going to sweep the ground. No, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. I sweep feel like once it's, it's like a hot day and you get it stuck in your armpits or something like that, then you're just <laughs> like, that's too much. That's just too much. As somebody else can have it, they can manage a hair flow that's that luxurious. But I'll just have it pl- probably exactly like right now. I'm stuck in stuck in the era that I was in, like when I was six. So you could braid your head hair and your armpit hair and then have a nice no, no. round contained unit. It would be a, <laughs> you mean what? it would be a what is it? What is it? What's that? An uh, Ourobora? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Good. I'm going to draw you a picture of that. That'll that'll be my patch that I make for this show. Just be infinite, infinite symbol. All right, let's all get tattoos now. So, thanks. So, besides that, I do think that it would be fantastic to look forward to like the next life change. And I kind of would like to know what it would be, but I kind of know that you can't really get that. But I mean, that's a funny thing. We remember when I said you. What is it? You live long enough to see yourself become the enemy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that's the phrase. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself become your parents. Oh, is that it? Enemy parents? Is that what the? Is that what it is? Did how did I get that screwed up? I like my parents. So I mean, is that how that works? You didn't like them when you were young, though. I liked them fine. I didn't like getting yelled at all the time. And again, I yelled back, so that probably is how that works. I feel like I bet that was a wonderful sound. Between you and your mom's voices just yelling at each other. It's yeah, like it was two birds fighting. Perpetual <laughs> perpetual shriek. But there's you know I'm like, Stop yelling at me and then she's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh god. All the glass break everywhere. Okay. What was I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I think you do, yeah, you may become your parents, but I do feel like, I feel like, I feel like if I were to strip, strip away something today and accentuate something else, I could probably use my psychic abilities to figure out what the next phase would be. So think about that for one second. I guess that's my, also my other challenge. Besides the fact, like, can you figure out what your grand sona is, right? Your second one is, if you had to take away something that you were doing right now, but then do more of some random thing, what would you do? And I bet you mine would be this. I probably would. I probably would. Oh, man, maybe this is where you got this. Maybe this is how this does work. I already do not like to touch ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper, vinegar, or any like communal condiments on a table. So I may actually carry some latex gloves around and touch all of the communal doors with gloves instead of already sticking my hand in like a like a sleeve sleeve snake and touching all the things like that. So in that case, maybe I am turning into my mom a little bit more. She will not touch any of that stuff either. I know. There's one. Okay. The second one is my hypothetical fantasy me. I would buy a bunch of really old, uh, not textbooks, but like field guides. And I guess they're kind of like textbooks. I already started this, so I think I'd like to do it more. Mm -hmm. And fill my library with only hardcover books, but old ones with litho plates. Old, outdated books that are old and outdated, but that have beautiful artwork in them. And make a giant library. And sit at it and study them and have outdated information. Outdated information. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> and get further, further into the paper zone and someday take a break from the internet zone. Meanwhile, Isn't that what all I'll have my do? own room where I have a VR headset and I'll be living Lawnmower Man style. What's Lawnmower Man? You know, the, the movie Lawnmower Man? What is I that? Don't know. Oh, well. Whoever knows what it is, <laughs> knows what it is. It's a movie where um, 
Well, I don't want to explain the whole movie. Okay, it, has, that's fine. it has to do with virtual reality and having a uh, lawnmower. So Chris is going to be yeah. one room in virtual reality mode, and you're going to be in one room studying yeah. old books. That's fine. If if he only needs one room to contain himself, then I can just I fill guess the we'll rest have to of the place with cats. Go home and cats. have a lawnmower man. I believe Stephen King wrote it. That sounds like a scary book. Then, yeah, it's not. I don't know. I probably would. I would find more time to do more hand done things. I probably would buy a kiln and I probably would make giant weird sculptures for my lawn and then and then actually and put fulfill your my ball in there in my kiln. No, no, no. In your in your lawn ornaments. No, I'm going to covet that in the inside. I'm going to carry it with me like a small baby and then I just stroke it and just <laughs> be like, what is it? And I'll talk to it like that one guy that talks to his coffee in that one game. Um, yeah, but that's based on Twin Peaks. Okay, well then I'll be like that guy from Twin Peaks, that, that weirdo that walks around and talks yeah, to the his game you're talking about is Deadly Premonition. Yeah, that game is weird, and you guys should all play it. Well, Twin Peaks is also weird. That's fine. You can watch that even too. weirder. Good. And what about you? What, what are you going to stop doing and do more of? Well, I. Mm, and then that's how we're going to anticipate how closer to your. How close I am. I mean, eventually, I think I will go back towards like the oil painting direction now i'm too scared to oil paint because of how chemical it is also you need like super studio space to even oil paint also i have not been into painting on canvas in forever so who knows i think i'll i don't i don't want to say regress because that's offensive but (laughs) (laughs) i will regress to oil painting um I will default to oil painting or something like that. So in my in my patterned pants and giant hair, I will be oil painting. Are I'll you probably... gonna? What are you gonna stop doing so that you can oil paint? Uh, maybe I will stop the internet. Maybe I'll just stop being on it altogether. <laughs> I think that's a fine thing. I feel like maybe that's that's what happens. People are like, I don't care about technology anymore. And then they're just like, I'm going to go to oil paint now. I feel like that actually totally makes sense now. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so many paintings on eBay. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't. I think that's, that's ironic because they're putting on their paintings back on the internet. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I am excited about it. And I just want to, I, I would like to figure it out. I in, have enjoyed my transition from whatever I was in the past to what I am today. And I'm looking forward to other transition to other weird zone. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to make a dream diary or like a real life diary and then just chart my progress. Try and figure it out. You're going to will your grandma to be. What did you say? <laughs> I said you're going to will your grandma to be. I'll just practice. I'll just like just you're think make about it. Come it. sooner than it's ready for. That's fine. I don't care. Then it then it just means I'm get there sooner and then that means that then I can evolve to the next level faster. Most people only get to third level grandma and I can get to like fifth or sixth. So so there you guys get ready for that. It'll be next week. So speaking of next week actually this week and all and all that kind of stuff, you should definitely pay attention in the next couple weeks. How about that? Next couple weeks. For all the things that are coming up. So we got over the giant hump of stuff that we've been working on for, I don't even know how long, for like months and months. And we're starting to plan all of the fall stuff. Finally. So for all of you guys also that have been writing me notes about great personality. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) I feel like I just need to say this like once every week. It, It will come you just need to give me some time. And, and I keep telling people, I apologize that these sound like excuses, but holy crap, I have three jobs, you guys. So in my three jobs, I got to fit everything somewhere. It just makes everything go a lot slower. So when it finally comes out, you are going to love it so hard, you won't even know what's happening. Whoa. Yeah. So think about that for a while, for a long while, because it's going to take me a while to finish it. But <laughs> so that's coming. But thanks for the kind words of encouragement. I'm glad that people like it and they want to see the next one. Um Lots of new artwork, lots of new stories, um, plenty of good stuff that you guys will be able to look at. Besides that, the stuff that's coming up this fall, we're going to have a couple new calls for art, so you should watch the blog very carefully. Um, We have some interesting things, including uh, potentially some new signups for workshops. We have some new plans for collaborative projects, and we have some other fun get-togethers that we're scheduling so that you guys have lots of cool things to come over and to do with us in the next, what, several months. So that'll be really good. One of the most 
current ones or one of the upcoming ones is what, Chris? Don't you have something coming up in a week? Um, there's another game night on July 9th. I don't have a theme yet because game night just happened, but I will come up with it and you can come and play games. But really, the theme is just to take a picture. So all games are welcome. We played a lot of different games at this last game night. There was also a lot of people here. That's awesome. It was not the biggest one ever, but it was up there with the biggest game night ever. Um, and there was a lot of different games played. So come to that. 630 to 930 on July 9th, which is a Thursday. That's awesome. And then, uh, again, I think we might have talked about this in the last podcast. Just one more thing. Keep an eye out. July 20th, we have the announcement for upcoming 2016 Iceland residency applications. And so um, those of you guys that have written me an email, I've got you on a big list. I'll make sure to send you a notification as soon as that information is up. So you guys can um, take a peek at that. If you have any questions, definitely let us know. You can send me a note at hello at likegrayartlab.com and I can write you back with any specifics. And then definitely come see Tegan White this Friday. She is fantastic. You will enjoy looking at her talk (laughs) and hearing her words also because that's important. And so she'll be here. Um, You can say hi to her at the meet and greet from 8 to 10 p.m. during the uh, opening reception of Patches and Stitches. And of course, again, like we said before, you can carry away some of these Patches and Stitches because um, lots of people brought a pretty extensive inventory of these too. Mm-hmm. So usually we have sort of a um, a differing ordering system, but if you want one, there's a lot available. So keep an eye on the on the shop. You can see which ones are still around. We anticipate a uh, pretty pretty awesome turnout for that one, and also lots of that stuff flying off the off the shop pretty quickly. So if you want one, um, keep an eye out. So where else can people find us? You can find our blog, blog.likegrayartlab.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at likegrayartlab. You can like us on Facebook, and we have all of our invite shows and all that kind of stuff going on there. You can follow us on Tumblr, likegrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store and stream it directly on Stitcher Radio. Awesome. Thanks again, you guys, for listening to this week's podcast, and we'll talk with you soon. Bye.